Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. You can be an investor on the side. You can be an investor full-time. You can work for someone else or you can work for yourself. Today, we're going to attempt to make the case for entrepreneurship. And we've got two amazing guests on the Real Estate Guys radio program. This portion of the Real Estate Guys radio program is brought to you by International Coffee Farms, where you can own a parcel of land in your very own specialty coffee farm in Panama for as little as $15,000. Here's how it works. Deeded half-acre parcels entitled Specialty Coffee Farms in Boquete, Panama are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts. Sustainable average income is estimated at 12% and cash flow can begin within 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm is committed to a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the Panamanian coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates nine specialty coffee farms with half-acre parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a coffee farm owner in Paquete, Panama, email coffee at realestateguysradio.com. That's coffee at realestateguysradio.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me, as usual, co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. We love talking real estate on the radio. We do. It's a lot of fun. And today, we're going to talk not only about real estate, but about entrepreneurship. The idea that you don't have to necessarily go to work for somebody else, although many of us start that way. Ultimately, there's a lot of rewards when it comes to being your own boss, but it's not all roses. So... A lot of folks in real estate, they just gravitate to real estate. I don't know why it is, but they're mavericks, they're lone wolves. And we see that, right? We see people get into the business, brokers and lenders. And then there's the folks who are paper pushers and make great employees. And they work at the home inspection company or they work at the title company or they work for an attorney. And it's not right or wrong. It's all about you and your lifestyle and what makes sense for you. Yeah, it really is. I think the person who does the best job describing the mentality, the differences is Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. He talks in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and he first introduces the cash flow quadrant, which he goes into greater detail in, in the cash flow quadrant, the E and the S, the employed person, the self-employed person on the one side of the quadrant that think a certain way and behave a certain way. And then the people on the B and the I side, which are the business owners and the investors. And, you know, the argument from Tom Wheelwright is that all of the tax benefits, all of the opportunities really accrue to the people over on the right side of the cash flow quadrant, the business owner and the investor. And so a lot of people get into the real estate business, to your point, Robert, because they want to have a uh, financial opportunity. They want to have freedom over their own schedule. Uh, the holy grail of real estate investing for many people, especially those that read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, is passive income. Enough passive income that you don't have to go to work and your investments support you. The problem that a lot of people have is in order to get there, they have to find a way to come up with enough capital. So the typical path, which is perfectly fine, is you go to work for someone else or you go to work for yourself and you earn your money and you make a good living and you pay your taxes and you live below your means and you save and then you take the money that you've saved and you invest. And if you invest wisely and you grow your investments over time and you compound sooner 
little by little over time, you find yourself with streams of passive income. And at some point you reach a tipping point, that magical day when you're out of the rat race and your passive income exceeds what it takes for you to live on. And now you're free. You're not done, but now you're free. You don't have to work for somebody else. You don't have to trade time for dollars. What you do now is you spend all your time and effort in continuing to grow that portfolio or what I would call feed the goose, the goose that's laying the passive golden eggs. Right. And I'm going to find a way to build that thing. So the investor mindset and the entrepreneur, the business owning mindset are very similar. It's just that you're applying your efforts in slightly different ways. Right. And it's perfectly fine if you want to have a great job and work for someone else and not have any of the headache of owning your own business and having your real estate investing on the side be kind of your foyer into that. No problem with that. For many of us, we get to the point where we're successful enough as real estate investors that we think, gosh, I could do this full time man, I'm making almost enough in my real estate business so I could walk away from my job. As soon as those thoughts start, well then maybe entrepreneurship is for you. I'll tell you what, it's not for everybody. Not everybody can rely on themselves to create everything that needs to be created, to make the rain, if you will. Entrepreneurs are wired a little differently. You're gonna meet two of them today and you're gonna hear from the way they talk and the way they approach life and business that they think differently. And that's great. Again, today is not about right or wrong. We're trying to make the case for entrepreneurship in that many of the jobs created in most countries are created by small entrepreneurs, little businesses that have one or two or five employees, not huge behemoth giant B businesses, as, as Robert would say. Now, you may aspire just to have a couple of employees, or you may say, you know what, I want a big old business, and that part's up to you. But entrepreneurship means that at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. Well, we talk about this all the time. The essence of investing and the essence of entrepreneurship is to accumulate the efforts of others. If you're really going to do it right, what you're doing is you're managing to own the means of production, whatever the production is. So in the case of a piece of real estate, let's just use a home, for example, uh, you don't exactly directly own the means of production. What you own is the shelter that the person who's going to work at whoever owns the means of production, the job, uh, the tenant is going to go work there and send you a piece of their income. So it's not about accumulating real estate. There are pieces of real estate that for whatever reason won't rent. There was a period of time back at the bottom when in Detroit, they were giving houses away literally just to cover the property tax you could buy a home that cost you know tens of thousands of dollars to build for twenty five hundred dollars five well, five hundred dollars in some cases and on the other side of the equation back when the huge boom was happening in Las Vegas people were buying houses in an investment who never had tenants for years they just bought a house and two years later it was three times the price and they sold it and they thought they were real estate investors yeah so you know it goes down to this notion so when you think you're a real estate investor and what you're doing is flipping an asset and at the the end of the round trip, you end up with a pile of cash. That's not really an investment. That's a speculation, if you will. You're buying low, selling high. And in some cases, at least with real estate, you have the option to add value, like being a developer or redeveloper, rehab or whatever you call it. That's fine because you've actually added value. The folks you were talking about back in Las Vegas, and we did some of this, right? So, I mean, we're not pointing fingers at anybody. It's it's uh, it's intoxicating when you have a chance to do it. In the market, every once in a while, will give you a chance to do it. Those are great days. Yeah, but you can buy a property for, you know, $120,000, sit on it for a year and sell it a year later for two twenty, dollars and that $100,000 is all equity and you've only got maybe twenty five dollars or $30,000 into the deal. You've quadrupled your money. 
you know? And so that's, that's pretty impressive. It's like, wow, why would I want to bother to mar up the property with a, a tenant who's, you know, going to mess it up? I can sell it pristine new a year later, but, the, but you have no control over that. The right. thing that makes that happen is an external market force. And in the case of what happened in Las Vegas and other speculative markets like that, when that dried up, it took the equity right back. And then all of a sudden some people were sitting there underwater and that was even worse. But see, an entrepreneur is different. An entrepreneur looks at the marketplace and looks at whatever the tides may be and reacts and changes and figures out something to do. A true entrepreneur isn't limited by whether the market is strong or not. A true entrepreneur looks for opportunities. Today, we're going to meet two entrepreneurs who both have very different backgrounds, but they'll give us some insight into the entrepreneurial mind, the idea of someone who's going to get up every day and make it happen. And again, this isn't most people. Most people don't want the burden of having to make the rain. They would rather just show up on time to a place they were directed to be, do whatever they're told to do, and leave. But this isn't for most of our listeners. Most of our listeners want more. They want to be more. They want to have more. They want to do more. And if entrepreneurship is for you, you're going to love today's show. Our first guest invented the infomercial. In fact, his brand, as seen on TV, is one of the most well-known brands on earth. Kevin Harrington was one of the original sharks on the ABC hit Emmy award-winning show, Shark Tank. We come back, you'll meet Kevin on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Forbes rated Memphis the best cash flow market in the nation. And our good friend Terry Kerr at Mid-South Homebuyers has been the premier turnkey rental property provider in Memphis for over 13 years. With an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau, Terry has renovated over 750 houses. Real Estate Guys listeners have snapped up hundreds. Discover what these satisfied investors already know. Mid-South's properties are completely renovated with a one-year warranty and a lifelong rental guarantee. They're affordable, well-managed, and easy to own. Perfect for beginning investors and veterans alike. Get in on the action. Contact Terry and his team via email at midsouth at realestateguysradio.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high net worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years could be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. For more information, qualified accredited investors should email coconuts at realestateguysradio.com. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. Email coconuts at realestateguysradio.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. For more information, email coconuts at realestateguysradio.com. Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And if you're serious about learning how to invest in real estate, listen to the real estate guys. They really know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. We're talking today about entrepreneurism. Are you the kind of person that wants to step up and run your own business in real estate or otherwise? And our guest today has a ton of experience in that regard. He's a billion dollar entrepreneur and you probably know him best as one of the original 
judges on Shark Tank. Please welcome the amazing Kevin Harrington. How are you? Hey, thanks, Robert. Good to be here. Thank good you. to have all you on right. the show Thank and you. just love your energy and enthusiasm for business and life, and it's all good, man. Thank you. Hey, you can call me a judge anytime, by the way, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let's talk about that because this whole idea of Shark Tank today is, you know, it's ubiquitous. Ten years ago, this thing started, but you were right there at the beginning. How yep. did that all come about? Yeah, so I got the phone call from Mark Burnett. I was, um, I say that I had decided back in the, uh, right around that time I was raising my own profile as an entrepreneur because yeah. I had created Tony Little's brand and I did Jack LaLanne's Juicer and we did Billy Mays and I was working you know, with George Foreman and some amazing people creating their products and but nobody knew who Kevin Harrington was so I started putting out books and content. And I, I say, if anyone out there listening is an entrepreneur, whether you're in business for yourself or real estate business, whatever it might be, you got to raise your profile to get yourself positioned in the marketplace. So Mark Burnett was watching a lot of what I was doing and posting and books and, and radio, by the way, talk shows. Okay. So it all kind of started right there. I started doing a lot of shows. I had a book that just came out and Mark Burnett called and said, Hey, come on out. I'm doing this new show called Shark Tank. Do you want to be on the show maybe? And so I got all excited and I told my wife, I said, I'm, I'm heading out to LA. Mark, Mark Burnett, the guy that does Survivor, wants me to maybe be on his show Shark Tank. And she said, Kevin, do you know what they do to those people on that Survivor Island show? Why, why do you want to be on Shark Tank? So, so it, it's funny. We all laugh now, but 10 years ago when I was shooting the show, the very first uh, pilot, there were tanks of live sharks on the set. Right. And there was sort of a, a, a kind of a thought that maybe someone would get thrown in those tanks and hopefully not the sharks, but the uh, the people that maybe didn't get funded. But, you know, they, that never happened. But they actually did away with the live sharks after a while. But um, Shark Tank is become a, a global brand and it's afforded me the the uh i'd say afforded you know it's cost me a lot of money because i i end up taking a lot of pitches and investing in a lot of these deals so yeah. it's been a lot of fun though yeah absolutely and, and i guess to back up industry you 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 know are credited in a lot of ways with uh, really kind of coming up and, and being the pioneer of the the long format television program otherwise known as the infomercial yep. and uh that, that completely revolutionized sales and and television you know i was watching uh, discovery channel back in 1984 and all of a sudden it this discovery went dark for six hours a day when I called them, I said, what's the problem? Is there a technical issue with my channel or my distribution here? And they said, no, it's only an 18-hour-a-day network. So I said, well, let me put some products on there during that six hours of downtime. And we weren't putting one-minute spots on. Right. We were putting 30-minute shows. And that was the beginning of the industry, really, back in the early 80s. So, you know, we did, you know, uh, we pioneered the kitchen categories and the fitness categories and the fishing. We did the first golf infomercial with a product called the Medica. So, it was a lot of fun because, you know, when you think about it, how are you going to sell a $150 golf club effectively, right? Well, with an infomercial, we brought in Davis Love and Al Guyberger, and we had all these amazing testimonials of golfers that were lowering their score, and it was an unbelievable breakthrough in the world of golf, and that became a huge, huge multi-hundred million dollar success. So the rest is history, beauty products, you know, anything that has any kind of a magical transformation 
in a 30-minute show can be a, a, a very powerful product and an opportunity for people to sell their goods. I think it's also a great example of an entrepreneur recognizing a void or a vacuum or a need in the market. I mean, that's a great, great story. There's nothing on. Let's put something on that monetizes to some degree. And of course, today, those programs are on radio and now, you know, webinars and all kinds of things. Let's talk about how the technology has changed because fewer people are watching traditional television, but there's more media available than, than ever. I mean, our podcast is heard in 190 countries and our radio shows only heard in a few marketplaces right. so the world's changing what does a marketer have to think about yeah. that so interestingly if, if you Morgan Stanley did a report there's 50% fewer TV viewers today than there was 10 years ago Wow so I'm an as seen on TV guy with 50% less people watching TV but what did I do? I followed the eyeballs. And, and you said it, as an entrepreneur, I saw downtime, I put products on the downtime. I see less viewers, I follow the viewers. Where are they? Well, they're on Facebook, okay? They're on Instagram. They're listening to, to some radio still, but they're, they're really, they've, it's become a digital world now. Yeah. So, so we, use, we use Facebook, uh, we use the social media channels, we use influencers, but we also have had to shorten our selling processes because the old days of 30-minute shows, you can't put 30 minutes on Facebook and think people are going to be sitting there tuning into that, right? You, sometimes you're lucky. You know, they say the millennial, the average millennial has the attention span of a goldfish today. So, yeah. you know, eight seconds. So if I've got to get their attention in six seconds, I may get 90 seconds, two minutes, three minutes maybe to keep them going. But, you know, if you're selling something, right, you know, it's different if you're entertaining like you do on radio, like we do right now. But when you're selling something, you got to hit them pretty hard in under three minutes generally. So we've learned quite a bit in this new digital world how to create a, a different selling message and then new places to go find those customers. So, hey, Kevin, you know, you look at a lot of potential products and those kinds of things, obviously, but I know you also look at a lot of entrepreneurs and what they're doing. And you sit in an interesting seat because you've been through all these different business transitions and find, found success, I'm sure, and failure over the years. So what is it that, that a, a person starting out today or someone who's starting a new entrepreneurial venture, what do they need to be focused on. So I will also admit as many times as I love to talk about my successes, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm deep down, I'm a, a salesman in my business and yep. getting new deals and things, right? But I, I fail more than I succeed. So I, I will just lay that out on the table. I'm an entrepreneur. And um, my business model is to do 20 projects a year and hit on one out of three to one out of four of those, okay. which means I might fail 15 out of 20 times, but the five that I made successful are huge hits, and or, or I try to make them huge hits. So, so I, I try to fail fast, fail cheap, get the losers out of the way, and then focus on the winners, and then ramp those up and really hit them hard. So when we get a winner, we, we take it in all channels of distribution from digital to TV to radio to print to catalog to live shopping to international distribution to retail stores. Yeah. And so we may lose 20 grand on a loser, but then the winner goes 10, 20, 30, 40 million. So, so we can handle losing 10 times if we focus on the winner. So I think entrepreneurs today need to understand failure is part of your day-to-day. -day. Get the failures out of the way. And Winston Churchill said it best that success is being able to go from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm, okay? So it's tough to think about getting enthused about failing, but when I fail, I say, well, okay, I'm going to fail, you know, three out of four times, got three out of the way, now I'm ready for my winner. But the other thing that I would say to the entrepreneurs listening right now, besides understanding the failure 
situation because in the beginning I had a hard time with it and I, and it would really tear me down when I would put so much time, effort and money into something that just bombed and I would just scratch my head like I just I, I can't understand it because it, sometimes you get so excited about something and, and then it fails. So but we just you got to cut it, move on and, and focus on the winners. But you also need to surround yourself with a great dream team. You know, a, a group of experts. I mean, I'm here here in Las Vegas, and I have my lawyers here because there's going to be deals. I'm, I've got people pitching me. We're going to do deals on the spot right here in Las Vegas. So I've got finance gurus. I've got legal gurus and people that help mentor me because in the old days, I chased the deals and then sometimes didn't get the right structure on the deals. And I'd find myself getting cut out of some deals because there were some legal things that weren't done right. So if you get a good team around you, it's, you know, do the deal, but make sure you got the long-term uh, aspect of it where you get paid the way you deserve to get paid. So uh, it's important to have these experts around you. And I think a lot of times entrepreneurs try to do too many things themselves. So uh, that that would be my, my, my second tip of the day, Robert. That, that? That's okay. awesome advice. Great, great stuff. You know, the world is changing and we have to keep up to date and we have to take those failures and learn from them. And at the same time, there's so much opportunity. How is it that you are able to say no to things that you think might be good in order to make sure the winners the ones you really focus on? So saying no sometimes is difficult. I mean, I, I admit um, a lot of times I, I'll put myself in the shoes of the person with their business and think, what can I do to help them or how can I you know, be involved in this? So ultimately, what I sometimes will do is I have a team of folks. And so we will sometimes convert something from a partnership over to a service agreement. So at the end of the day, I provide a lot of advice and mentoring, and some of it I do for free uh, as a give back to the entrepreneurial community, and other times I'll do it for a fee and bring my team in, and we will say, look, you want to venture, you're looking for capital. Um, you need to get further along before we're even even interested. So let us help you take it to the next step. So um, I mentor a group called the CEO. It's the Collegiate Entrepreneurs Organization. They're a, a nonprofit group based out of University of Tampa that I'm on the board of their entrepreneurship program there also. But they're in, on 270 campuses around the United States. Wow. So I'm a, a mentor to all 270 of these uh, chapters. So this is a, a day-to-day thing that keeps me hopping and, and uh, having some fun with a lot of young entrepreneurs, great ideas. But I, I, it's my giving back to society and, and the entrepreneurial community, I think. But, you know, I think Zig Ziglar has a saying, and I've you know, talked to the Ziglar family recently about Zig's assets and what a great guy he was, one of the greatest motivational and sales trainers in the world, um, 38 books or something like that in dozens of countries and languages around the world. Zig said, if you want to be successful yourself and get what you want, help enough people get what they want. And so I'm kind of in, that's one of the modes that I'm in right now is, uh, yeah, I, I do a lot of things for my own business and grow that. But then I also give back to the entrepreneurial community through uh, a lot of my uh, mentoring efforts uh, across uh, the spectrum. All right. Love that, man. Uh, we sure appreciate your time today. And uh, thanks for spending time with us, Kevin. Great to be here. You're turning to the Real Estate Guys radio program. More when we come back. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe, CEO of Paradigm Life. 
Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around. None of their advice has worked. If you're listening to this, odds are pretty good that you're already a real estate investor or at least becoming one. So why do you do it? Is it to hedge inflation, the tax benefits, or maybe it's to get your money away from Wall Street? It's because of these benefits and so many more that I created the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. When you combine successful real estate investing with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, you have the recipe for what has helped the wealthy to establish their financial well-being for decades. You can download the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy today by clicking the Resources tab on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait, go download it now. Ranked by Forbes as one of the fastest growing cities, Orlando, Florida has a big and diverse economy, yet still features affordable rental properties that cash flow. Our boots on the ground turnkey provider, Greg Bond at Greater Orlando Homebuyers can show you how to start generating cash flow today. He just wrote a special report to help you discover the magical market of Orlando. Request your free copy today. Send an email to orlando at realestateguysradio.com. That's Orlando at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Lawrence, your chief economist with National Association of Realtors, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show today. However you're doing that, we appreciate it. Awesome to hear from Mr. Kevin Harrington. Ke- Kevin's story is great because it really shows the essence of what being an entrepreneur is. An entrepreneur sees a problem. He sees resources that are being underutilized, uh, and then he's able to reorganize things. So the essence of being an entrepreneur is to take things that exist, reorganize them in such a way that they meet a need or solve a problem. So when Kevin says, hey, this this airtime is sitting here vacant, nobody's doing anything with it. People over here have products they need to sell. I can take care of the problem of the empty airtime and I can take care of the sales problem by putting those two things together. I just have to kind of rewrite the playbook. And he did that and he invented an entire industry in the process of doing it. And really, when you think about what being an entrepreneur is, it is creating order and structure and a business model out of raw materials and pieces and chaos in some cases and converting problems into opportunities that can be solved by whatever product or service you create out of those resources. And you know what else? He's just a heck of a nice guy. He's a great oh my guy. gosh, we had a great time with him before, afterwards, went to a party together. I mean, really, really big thinker and focused, laser focused, an achiever, and entrepreneur. We've got another entrepreneur we're going to introduce you to. But first, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia. That's your chance to win a prize. By knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question, it's a question that has something to do. It's a stretch, but it has something to do with entrepreneurship. And I'll explain that when you hear the question. As soon as you think you know the answer, you're going to send us your best guess by email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and your mailing address because if you're the winner, that means you've given us the correct answer first, then you're gonna get a copy of The Social Capitalist by Josh and Lisa Landon, a couple of great entrepreneurs. You're gonna love this book. It's about how you can do the right thing and make money at it. That can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question. Last week it was clues in the news and we asked this, One of the articles we'd recently read talked about the most expensive home in America, which hit the market at $350 million for the asking price. Here was our trivia question. What television program was filmed using the exterior of the home in Bel Air, California? The answer is 
One of your favorites, Russ, the Beverly Hillbillies. I liked Ellie Mae. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we all? Hey, all right, here's a real estate trivia question for this week. One of my entrepreneurial endeavors is uh, has to do with beer, specifically craft beer, and that's a longer story. But here's my real estate trivia question. Which U.S. state drinks the most beer? Which U.S. I don't know if it's entrepreneurs that drink the most beer, but it might be. Maybe they drink whiskey. Anyway, which U.S. state of the 50 states, which occupants drink the most beer per capita? If you think you know or just want to take a guess, it's worth a copy of The Social Capitalist, a great book by Josh and Lisa Lannon. Send us your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, and your mailing address. That's today's real estate trivia question. You know, Josh and Lisa are a couple amazing entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurism isn't for everybody, is it for you? That's the question. The things that you can do in real estate, there's lots of different ways to be an entrepreneur. You can just grow your investment business to the point where it's your full-time gig. I had that for a long time. I was still selling real estate, which wasn't really a job because it's a 100% commission. It was being a business owner and making the rain and making your own hours and all that kind of stuff. But I saw the path through investment real estate to say, hey... I may not want to work this hard forever. I may want to have property that pays me whether I get out of bed or not. Now, ever since then, I've still gotten out of bed. So, so far, so good. But one of the potential eventualities in terms of entrepreneurship is real estate syndication. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this forever because we really do think it's the greatest opportunity in real estate right now. So many people think the path to investing in real estate is to go to work, get a job, pay your taxes, live below your means, save money, make a down payment, collect cash, maybe build some equity, and then down the road a few years, buy another property. And if you're lucky at that pace in the course of a lifetime, if you're really, really good, you can accumulate, you know, a dozen properties or whatever. And if that's your aspiration, wonderful. And you can become fabulously wealthy, at least to the point where you have plenty uh, of money coming in every month and you don't have to worry about anything. And that's great. But if you understand that the key to building a portfolio is, is capital, is savings, and you make the assumption it has to be your savings. And right. that's what syndication breaks that paradigm and says, you know what, I can accumulate investment capital from people who've already worked hard, already paid taxes, already lived below their means, already saved, and now they're looking for a partner to come along and help them put that savings to work. Fortunately, so many savings vehicles out there, whether it's banks or the stock market, have real strong invisible downsides and people are very disappointed. You know, we talked about in the clues in the news episode about how hedge funds and wealthy investors are beginning to make their moves into real estate. Foreign investors have been making their move into real estate. And it's this idea that money is looking to get into real estate. So when you look at that, we said, shoot, you've got all these people out there who know how to buy houses, buy apartment buildings, run real estate, build things, fix them up, operate them, turn a profit. And the only thing holding them back from doing more is working capital. And it used to be that you would just go get bank loans. But when the bank lending dried up, it was like, wow, here's a big opportunity for private capital. Of course, following that up, what happened is the Jobs Act came out and the government saw the same thing, maybe not necessarily in real estate, but said, hey, the, the, the marriage of capital to opportunity is broken right now. We got to take those barriers down to get this thing moving. And then that's where we talked about in September of 2013, 
when the new regulations finally were issued by the SEC that said that people could go out and advertise to wealthy people, accredited investors, to invest in what we call private placements. That's the essence of what syndication is. So the guy that you're about to hear about came to our seminar, learned how to do that, has been actively going out and doing that. And it's been really fun to watch someone go from being a student to actually going out and putting it into place and raising many millions of dollars and helping a lot of people along the way. We first met Dave Zook back in 2012 on the Investors Summit at Sea, and uh, since then he has syndicated real estate in multiple countries and raised more than $40 million. He's a published author and the owner of several small businesses, making him a great entrepreneur. When we come back, we'll say hello again to David Zook on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Hi, I'm Mark Victor Hans. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. If you want to expand your consciousness, expand your wealth, expand your future, and have more delight and excite in your future than in your past, keep listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show today. We're making the case for entrepreneurism. Is it for you? Do you want to be your own boss? Lots of reasons to consider being an entrepreneur and returning to the Real Estate Guys radio show. Let's say hello to real estate investor, syndicator, and entrepreneur, Dave Zook. How are you? Hey, Robert. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show again. Absolutely. Always good to check in and see what's happening with you. You've got your fingers in a lot of pies these days. I do. It's uh, it's a busy time, but it's also a fun time. I'm, I'm just uh, doing what I was created to do. Awesome. Now, you guys just closed on a pretty cool office building, and folks that heard the interview we did with you earlier this year know that you do a lot of apartment buildings, some international resort investing, but office is rather new for you. Tell us about investing in the office space. Yeah, so we did not go out looking for an office building. It kind of fell in our lap. My partner, Gary, had his property, uh, property management team in this same building for about two years. And it came up for sale, and it was um, the uh, owner was a group out of New Zealand, and they didn't seem to have their fingers on the pulse of the market, and the rents were well below market, and it sort of just fell in our lap. So it was a deal that was that was there. It made a lot of sense. While we're not office guys, it was uh, a good, solid cash flow deal, and it had a, a real uh, value add component to it. So we said, sure, why not? Well, and it's a market you know well, and it's with a team you know well, and that's a big part of investing. Yeah, so it, it was a market that we knew well, obviously, and it was also a building that we knew well, since uh, my partner Gary was uh, in it for the last two years. So while we're not office buildings, we uh, this deal was out there and available, and it sort of just fell right in our laps. And it had a nice value add component to it. The rents were well below market. The owner was not, uh, he did not have his finger on the pulse of the market, kind of lost sight of what the property could do. And so it was a deal that cash flowed well. We thought, sure, why not? Awesome. Well, of course, you have a lot of expertise and experience, both uh, investing and also syndicating apartment type deals. And really, your company is based on investing in real assets, things that are real and tangible. So office isn't that far of a stretch. But uh, recently, what came across my desk was an interesting uh, thing you're working on that really isn't real estate, but it's fascinating. You've gotten yourself into the ATM business. Tell us about that. Yeah, it, it was interesting. I was a, a passive investor since 2012. And I got introduced to this space through a very good friend of mine. He's an advisor. He's on my advisory team. And he introduced me to his friends. And, you know, I've, I've learned over the last, you know, decade that 
when you hang around good people, good things happen. And those people's friends are normally good people. Yeah. So got introduced to this group and they were local guys, um, have been same, same as I am, local to the market, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, born and raised there. Uh, very well liked in the community, very successful, long track record of success in business. And uh, these guys were in the ATM business. So I got in as a passive investor in 2012. In 2016, about the midway through 2016, they came to me and said, hey, you, you got a good, strong network of investors looking for cash flow deals. Why don't you try a tranche of ATM machines? Yeah. At the time, I was busy with uh, several different multifamily projects, and, and I said, ah, let's, let's just shelf that for a while. We got down toward the end of the year, and ATM machines not only have a really good, strong cash flow component, they also really have a good, strong tax benefit to them. So we get down closer to the end of the year, and I decided to go for it. I said, my investors have needs the same as I, as I do. There's no reason why they wouldn't like an asset class that has good, strong cash flow and good, strong tax benefits. So I rolled it out, and it was uh, super popular with my investors. They snatched them up. We rolled out several tranches since, and uh, it's just been a very popular asset class for my investors. Yeah, so you know, get your mind around this. It's not a real estate investment. Well, kind of. I mean, it's a pretty small, you know, square foot area that produces a lot of income. So if you think of it that way. But uh, many of the ATMs we're used to dealing with are owned by a particular bank or, you know, you pull up to the drive through at uh, the bank that you're used to banking in. And we all understand that. But there's also these third party ATMs that are out there. What's How does that part of it work? The part of the business that is at least you buy the equipment, who provides the money. Talk about that part of it. Yeah. So, and, and that's the typical response from people when I talk to them about it, you know, when I first approach them about an ATM investment, they normally think that ATMs are owned by banks. And some of them are. The yeah. ones that are in the branches are owned by the banks for the most part. But typically, if you find a, an ATM machine on a street corner, even if it's wrapped with a bank advertisement, it's typically not owned by a bank. It's owned by an investor group or a venture capital group or, or a private equity firm or you know just a, a group, an investor group. You know, it's not that different from the way a lot of businesses work. Many businesses, we see their name on the building, but they don't own the building. The building's put by, together by some limited partnership or some syndication or some real estate investor trust. The business is in the business of doing the business. They aren't necessarily in the business of real estate. Banks have their model, but why would they tie up capital in any kind of an asset when instead they could find an investor to do it? So yeah, so the investor group will come in and own the asset. They'll, they'll, they'll buy the asset. Let's just say an individual investor comes in and, and he wants to invest in this asset class. So he'll, he'll own the ATM machines, which is important because it gives him the right to depreciate. Yeah. And that's a big part of this investment is you, you get to depreciate the whole investment off in, in five years. It's not like apartments where it's 27 and a half years or commercial where it's 39 years. You get to write off your equipment in five years. Right. And so what happens there is it allows you to get a really good cash, really good strong cash flow stream that's that about 75% of that is tax-free in the first five years because of that, of that aggressive depreciation schedule. And it's just you know, appealing, really appealing to investors for those two reasons. You're buying a cash flow stream, you're buying a tax benefit. So it's really not a syndication. You're not buying into a pool of ATMs. You're buying a specific number of ATMs. You're buying the 
actual ATM machines in your own name or your own entity, but we also have a management company that will manage those machines for the investors. So even though you own the machines outright, your machines get pooled or aggregated into a group of ATM machines. So you could be in a group of 100 or 200 other ATM machines, and then you get paid a blended return based on the pool of ATMs. Okay, so that kind of divides the risk. You know, I got a buddy who for several years on the side, he owns a dozen ATM machines and it's been a great business, but he literally goes and services them. Every Friday he goes out to the bars and restaurants and places that he's got these machines and he fills them up and he does the accounting and I mean, he's, it's like his job, but it doesn't take that long. I've actually gone on one run with him. We went to three of his machines and watched the thing. It's, it's fascinating. You know, people walk up and ask if there's, you know, free samples as these got all these $20 bills and things, but this model isn't like that. You're not having to go and fill the machines and all that kind of stuff. It's done for you as part of the management. It is. And there's, there's sort of three components to the investment. There, there is look at it, look at it as a pie being cut up three ways. So there's the investor, there's the landowner and there's the management company. Right. So when you go to a machine and, and, and just to clarify, most of the people that invest in ATM machines do not use ATM machines. So they're not heavy users of the ATM machine. So for the most part, we're serving the lower income demographic. You know, this is interesting because when I went out with my buddy, he said, what do you think the average amount of money someone takes out of an ATM is? I think, well, gosh, when I go to the ATM, I usually take out the maximum, which is maybe $500, because it's like, I'm going to go to the ATM, I'm going to get some cash. Average in his machines is $20. Wow. They take that's just a, $20 out. So somebody's on the other side of that transaction, that's a 10 to 12% return on that $20. You're paying $2 or $250 right. for that surcharge, that's a 10 to 12% return. So we're in this bar, and it uh, sounds like a joke, but this is what happened, and he's doing the machine, he's telling me the $20. He goes, and here's what'll happen. You see that guy over there? He'll come over here in about an hour and he'll get 20 bucks. And two hours from now, he'll come and get another 20 bucks, and then before the night's over, he'll get another 20 bucks, because he gets the, the readouts, right? Because that's how the, the system works. He's going, and rather than come and get 60 bucks and pay the one transaction fee, the nature of the beast, and again, you have to know your demographic, is that that's not how they think. They think, I'm only just gonna spend 20 bucks, and then, you know, they get at the bar, they meet somebody, they're like, okay, I'll get another 20. So these fees can add up. How does the fee split work? So you've got the person who owns the business or the building that you're putting in the ATM. You have the owner, which is the folks that you deal with who own the actual machine. And then you have the bank that supplies the money. Yeah, so the investor, the way we have it set up, the investor gets 64 cents of every transaction. So whether that transaction is $2 or, or let's say you're in a high-end city, say Manhattan, it may be $3, whatever. So, so that transaction fee gets chopped up three ways. So the investor gets a 64 cent transaction every time that card gets swiped. The management company gets a, gets a part of that surcharge fee and the real estate owner gets a part of the, of the uh, surcharge fee. Where, where our management company may be a little different than some ATM groups, we actually commit to the investor that your machine is going to produce 481 transactions per month. So if you come in as an investor, it's $104,000 minimum, you get seven machines. So take 481 transactions per machine per month. You take that times the seven machines that you purchased or invested in. So that comes up to like 3,367 transactions times 64 cents. So that's, that's where you get your, 
your uh, monthly distribution, which is $2,155 per month. And, and here's where it gets interesting, and here's where we can say to the investor, look, you won't, don't expect a $3,000 distribution month one and then a $1,500 distribution, or, or if it's a, in a high tourist area and it's off season, you might go down to you know, $1,000 and then a high, high tourist season goes back up to $4,000 a month. Right. No, it's, a, it's, it's not only a blended return, but your return is the same every month. So you get a $2,155 per month. If your machine doesn't produce 481 transactions, the management company will step in and they'll put that floor in place and, and they'll come up with the difference. If you're in high tourist season and your machine produces a thousand transactions, More. the management ke company keeps the upside. So that way we can go to the investor and say, look, you can get a distribution you can count on in your account every month. It's the same, stays the same, and you can expect to see that return for the life of the contract, which is seven years. Well, and then the management company has incentive to make sure they're picking the right markets and going into places where there's demand and so forth. And for many investors, having a return they can rely on is more important than having a lot of upside. And yet at the same time, you marry that to the tax benefits because it's an asset that's depreciated over a shorter period of time. That could be right for, uh, for definitely some investors. It is definitely right for some investors. And I've had a lot of investors. I've only been active in this business less than a year. I mean, I was passive in the business, so I got to know it really well for the last four or five years. So you've experienced the very distributions you're talking about. Oh, yeah. And it's been the same from the day that I, that I started investing till, till today, every month. You don't even get a check in your mailbox. You get an ACH distributed right into your account. It is, it is about as passive as you can imagine. It sounds like the right end of the ATM service charge to get in on. So if you're interested in this, Dave's got a report that uh, he's put together. I'm anxious to see it. Just send a, uh, an email to ATM at realestateguysradio.com if you want to learn the details. Not a real estate investment, but interesting. Uh, so good stuff there, ATM at realestateguysradio.com. Now coming up, you're going to be at the Secrets of Successful Syndication. You've been to that event a few times. This will be the first time that we're uh, going to have you on as faculty. So tell us about coming out to share what you're doing at the Secrets of Successful Syndication. You know, when I think back the couple years ago when I was at my first Secrets of Successful Syndication event, and then I fast forward to September when I'll be on stage with you guys and, and adding value to the group, you know, sometimes I got to stop and almost pinch myself. <laughs> I can't, uh, you know, it, it's been an interesting journey for sure. I... Um, have definitely made some progress. I've learned a lot from you guys. And so I'm looking forward to give back to the audience and, and do whatever I can do to support you guys and your mission. Awesome. Well, one of our favorite things is when people actually live out our motto, which is education for effective action. You've come to the seminars. We first met in 2012 when you came to the Investor Summit at Sea. And uh, since then, it's been great to have you a part of the program. And I think what it will give people, you know, inspiration is that you started in the same seats. You came to the event, you applied it, you started to do some things, and you've had tremendous success, raised over $40 million so far in uh, less than five years. So come on out to the Secrets of Successful Syndication. It's two full days of all kinds of great information, but uh, special guest Dave Zook is going to share with us the highs and the lows. I appreciate the fact that you're uh, humble enough to also admit some of the things that have gone wrong. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been, a, it's been a journey for sure, and it's been an interesting one, and we've definitely had our, our bumps, and uh, we've uh, certainly learned a lot, and it's, it's, it's fun to go through that, come out the other side, and now be able to help other 
uh, syndicators as they kind of are starting that journey or, or they've started the journey and they're going through some of those very same things I did. So it's a whole lot of fun to, to be among those folks and uh, learn right alongside of them. Awesome. Well, you can get all the details about the event at realestateguysradio.com. It's the secrets of successful syndication happening this time around in Dallas, Texas. Get the details there. Come out and meet Dave Zook. Dave, thanks for uh, the information today. Thanks for having me on the show again, Robert. You bet. Hey, if you're interested in ATM, sounds pretty interesting. All you have to do is send an email to ATM at realestateguysradio.com. You should be able to spell that. And you'll get uh, Dave's report on uh, what this looks like as an investment if you uh, are interested. More when we come back, I'm Robert Helms. We're the Real Estate Guys. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the Secrets of Successful Syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hi, this is Chris Martinson, author of Prosper, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Entrepreneurship is what we're talking about. And hopefully, between us and our guests, we've made the case. Yeah, I think it's great because we started out, you know, with Kevin Harrington. And Kevin is a big name star, TV star, done tons of business, just an amazing guy. And then on the flip side of it, and Dave's a very successful guy, but, you know, Dave is much smaller than Kevin Harrington. Yeah. And far less known. But taller. Yeah, that's true. But the point is, there's something for everybody in the space. There's so much opportunity. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be the biggest to be successful. You don't have to be the only person to be successful. And you find that you don't have to be in what everybody else is into. I mean, Dave has found a way to get involved in several different things that are interesting. Kevin has done many, many, many different things. Not everything Kevin did worked. In fact, I think he would say, in fact, I think he did say that most of the things he tried didn't work, right. but the ones that did work were enough. The key is, is that you can't let any one deal, and this is true for investing as well, you can't let any one deal take you completely out. You've got to hedge your bets. You've got to make sure that you're only putting enough out there that you can afford to lose if something doesn't go right. And then, of course, when you look at the syndication opportunity, you've got to be very, very careful because now you're stewarding other people's money, and you've got to, you've got to pick those opportunities even more carefully. Well, you know, Dave, being a real estate syndicator, doing a lot of real estate deals as a business owner, saw this opportunity in automatic teller machines. I mean, that's crazy, right? So there's opportunity everywhere. Your decision is, do I go it alone? Do I build a company around me? Or do I work for someone else and just throw my money into real estate on the side? And it's not a right or wrong. It's totally up to you. You can be an entrepreneur or you can invest in an entrepreneur. And they're both valid. If you think syndication sounds interesting, well, then come on out to the Secrets of Successful Syndication. It's our two-day event. It happens a couple times a year. It's right around the corner. Go to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click events. 
and come on out to Dallas, Texas and check out the secrets of successful syndication and meet Dave Zook. A big thanks to Dave and Kevin for sharing their great inspiration and ideas today. Next week on the show, it's your turn. It's Ask the Guys. If you have a question for the Real Estate Guys, go to the website at realestateguysradio.com and click the button that says Ask the Guys and fire away. You've always got great questions and we'll make up some decent answers next week on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Until then, go out and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys radio show.